This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, everybody. The season's over. Let's just pack it up. Let's retire Rico Bronia. Let's all go home. Let's never talk about the New York Mets ever again because 2023 is in the books. We suck, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now that we got that out of our system, because I think we all had that watching this brutal sweep at the hands of the Detroit Tigers, we could all take a deep breath and kind of analyze what the hell happened and what may happen moving forward. But there's no denying that these three games against Detroit were painful. They were painful on a lot of levels. I guess if there's one positive to the three-game sweep at the hands of the Tigers is that most people work during the day. And so you didn't see game one of the doubleheader, which featured Adam Adovino giving up the game-winning hit to Honus Eric Haas Wagner. Yeah, he's basically freaking uh, Rod Carew, this Eric Haas. You probably saw the game where Max Scherzer got his ass kicked. But then you probably didn't see... The finale of this series where the Met bats were limp and Brandon Nemo had his head up his rear end and Justin Verlander gave up back-to-back home runs in the first inning. So the good news to this sweep is because two of the three games were during the day, maybe you missed it. But the reality is this was a horrible three games against the Tigers. And I feel bad for something Pete and I talked about a few days ago. And, I, and as I brought it up, I regretted it. I even said it at the time, we shouldn't do this. And that was looking at the schedule and looking at the bad teams the Mets are about to face, saying, hey, what are they going to do in these 13 games? 10 and 3? 9 and 4? What do you think, fellas? And then what do they do? They begin the three games against Detroit, and they get swept. So this was obviously an awful few days. We'll go through the games. We'll panic if you want to panic. Try to calm each other down. Let me just start off by saying this. My biggest concern leaving this three-game series and moving ahead, my biggest concern is Max Scherzer on the state of the rotation. That's my biggest concern. Now, that's not to deny that the finale of this series was limp bats and the fact they were only able to put together, what was it, three hits in getting shut out by Eduardo Rodriguez and then eventually an inning out of the Tiger bullpen. And I can't deny that they also got pretty much shut down in game two of the doubleheader when they managed only one run and they didn't do anything in the last four innings of game one of the doubleheader. So yeah, in the last 22 innings, the Mets have scored one run. I can't deny that. And I can't deny the fact that they lost the finale of this series because they couldn't score runs. But I look at this Met lineup 
and I see hope. I actually do. And we'll go through it as this pod goes on. I, I'll give you my reasons for it. I look at the rotation and I'm afraid. And it starts with Max Scherzer. Because, yeah, well, let's start with the second game of this series. Let's start with that game. Max Scherzer is back from his suspension. The Mets had just lost a brutal game one, which we'll get to later. And here's Max Scherzer for the first time in 10 days. And I don't know if it's he's not using enough sweat and rosin. I don't know if it's, hey, he hasn't pitched in 11 days, which Max talked about and Buck talked about. I don't know if it's the fact he's 39 years old. And quite frankly, it doesn't even matter. All I know is that was really, really bad. And you could tell early on in this game, it was really, really bad. He walks the leadoff hitter, Zach McKinstry, so his command is way off. He gave up a, a like an infield hit to Riley Green. That didn't p- cause me to panic. But I'll tell you this, third batter of the game. Let me take you back to this. And this is when I knew, holy crap, this is not Max Scherzer. There's first and second and nobody out. And he gets ahead of Javier Baez, 0-2. He throws an 0-2 fastball right down the middle to the biggest free-swinging hitter in all of baseball, Javi Baez. We know it full well. And Baez just missed it. Hit it to right field. It was a sacrifice fly. It moved McKinstry to third base. It wasn't the sacrifice fly. It was the fact that his command was so off that here he is on an 0-2 pitch, probably trying to throw a fastball at his eyes, which I would understand. It's Javi Baez. He may swing at it. He may not. If he doesn't, no big deal. The count's one and two. And it was right down the middle. And Baez just missed it. And then obviously gives up the sack fly. The double to Spencer Torkelson was also a pain in the rear end because Spencer Torkelson's one of the biggest busts in all of baseball. And now he's roping, you know, RBI doubles up the alley. And after that second inning, the hope is, well, maybe Max will settle down. And he gives up a home run to Eric Haas. Because what Eric Haas did in the first game of the doubleheader was not enough. And it just never got better. He pitches a one, two, three, third, gets a bunch of swing and misses, gets a couple of strikeouts. And then what happens in the fourth inning? Base hit, home run. And so I heard Max after the game talk about the layoff. I heard Buck talk about the layoff. I heard Mike Puma, rightfully so, bring up the spin rate, saying, hey, Max, your spin rate was way down. Is that because you didn't bathe in rosin? I don't know, and I'm not going to pretend on this podcast to know what's wrong with Max Scherzer. We could all speculate, and age is probably like the safest thing to go to because he is an older guy and mother nature. No, no, not mother nature. Father time. Is it mother time or father time? It's father time. Father time. I got that right? Yeah. Yeah. Father time catches up. Father time is undefeated, Pete. Father time never loses. So if you want to tell me Max Scherzer's just washed up and that's what's happened, okay. You want to tell me he can't bathe in rosin? Okay. My answer is I really don't care. Yeah, I don't care why Max is struggling. I want him to fix it. And maybe it's not fair to go back to the game against the Braves last year and the wildcard game against the Padres, but here are the numbers that I crunched. In his last seven starts as a New York Met, Max Scherzer's thrown 33 innings, he's given up 12 home runs, and he has a 5.72 ERA. Those are just the facts. Again, I'm going back to last year, which may not be fair, but this is now our memory of Max Scherzer. Those are the seven starts we're talking about. The game against the Braves in Atlanta, five and two-thirds, four runs, two home runs. The wild card game and series against the Padres, four and two-thirds, seven runs, four home runs. 
Opening day against the Marlins actually doesn't look all that bad in retrospect. Six innings, three runs, but he blew the lead giving up a home run. The game against the Brewers, five and a third innings, five runs, three home runs. The five scoreless against San Diego, which he battled through, but hey, five scoreless, you'll take it. The three scoreless against the Dodgers before he got ejected for, again, making love to um, Rosin and Sweat. And then obviously what he did in game two of this series, three and a third innings, six runs, two home runs. He's been bad. And what's so weird about it, because I do want to try to be fair about this, is in the starts before that game against Atlanta. So I just gave you that sample size of seven starts, and there's no denying the numbers. In the previous 22 starts, his first 22 is a Met, he pitched to a 2.13 ERA. That's amazing. He gave up 11 home runs in 139 innings. I just told you he's given up 12 home runs in 33 innings. Before that, 11 home runs, one fewer, in 139 innings. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's it's tough to explain what the hell has happened. But that is, in my opinion, Pete, you tell me if I'm missing it here. That's my biggest concern. Like, what is Max Scherzer? Uh, I think you're nailing it right now. And my, my I, I hate to say it, but I think he's I think he's done. I think father time has caught up. I think his he he said it the other day, he said that he, you know, the suspension, the injury, you know, I was happy I got through it, and now I want to get back into a rhythm. He hasn't been in a rhythm since sometime last year. There's been no rhythm to 2023. It's been all downhill. It gets worse and worse. So I don't know what type of rhythm he's talking about. Well, it's it's tough because last year, Last year, Max Scherzer, when he pitched, and I know he had the respite on the injured list, which you can admit, we can all admit, really didn't impact the Mets in a negative way. So him missing a lot of time last year really didn't make any kind of impact because they won 101 games. And so you look back at that missed time and say, okay, no big deal. But in the 22 starts he made, he was utterly brilliant. He comes back, is still good, because remember, he pitched that you know six perfect innings in Milwaukee. And got gets pulled out of it. And then, and let's not forget this, the last great start Max made was cleaning up the Grom's mess in Oakland. Like, we were all, even I was alarmed by how bad Jake was in that start against the A's in September. And Scherzer pitches the Sunday game and throws a great game. And so it's like, okay, Max is healthy. Everything's great. He then has those two terrible starts, the game against Atlanta, the game against San Diego. And the excuse we heard coming out of it was, he's not healthy. Okay. I mean, I don't think any of us wanted to hear it at the time, and we didn't. And I think we said that on the Rico. We don't want to hear how hurt he is. But now it's a fresh start. And this season has been very, very uneven. Like, even in the game in which he pitched his best game, the five scoreless against San Diego, it was a laborious effort. It was not him, you know, cruising through. So it's not a huge sample size. I admit that, but it's concerning. And is he done? Is it just simply father? I, 
Pete, here's the thing, man. I don't know. And I, and I don't want to be afraid to admit that. I don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. When you look at the way this roster is built and the way this team is built, it is similar to a year ago where it's built behind two top starters. Last year was Max and DeGrom. This year, it's Max and Verlander. The rest of the rotation is not very good and features questions. I think the offense is good. And like I said earlier, and I'll explain it more, it's not my biggest concern, but it's also not their strength. Their strength needed to be two aces at the top of the rotation. And right now, and we'll get to Verlander in a bit, Max Scherzer has given us enough of a sample size to say, I don't know what the hell is going on. So I hope you're wrong that he isn't done, but the red flags are up because now we've got a sample size of a lot of bad from this guy. Well, and here's the other thing too, right? So if if he is quote unquote done, what is the solution for this year? Where how how do we use Max Scherzer? I mean, throwing him out there as an ace every fifth day or sixth day or whatever it is, it's it's not working. Is there a solution to no, no, getting no. him? No, is he it, pitches? He, oh, he no. pitches. The, I'm going to say something that's going to be out there. What but, you're moving to the bullpen? Yes. No, no. If, no. if John Smoltz did it, Dennis Eckersley's done it. Well, I'm I, sorry. If you have somebody who may, because right now he hasn't proven that he can give me I understand, anything it, worth of anything. As much as we're killing him, it's seven starts. You know what I mean? And it's really five starts if you want to take out the two from last year. And with a guy with a resume like that, you're not doing it. I mean, it's, it's just not happening. And nor, nor would I want to at this point. I think the answer is he starts every five days because here's the news flash for you, Pete. It's not like they've got a better option waiting. I mean, the Mets have used almost every part of their starting pitching depth over the first month of the season. All right. Tyler McGill was not supposed to be in the rotation. David Peterson, not supposed to be in the rotation. Joey Lucchese, not supposed to be in the rotation. And they've all had to enter it. Jose Buto had to enter the rotation. And the truth is not to not to kill McGill, who I think has been fine as a back of the rotation arm, or kill Luke Casey, who we don't have enough of a, of a sample size with. His last start wasn't good. He did give the Mets their best start of the year, the seven scoreless innings in his first start. It's not like they've got better options banging down the door. So when I complain about Max's struggles and question what he is at this point, which I think is fair based on the way he's pitched, I'm not saying it in terms of, and now you got to do something about it. There's nothing you could do about it. Not this season. He's in the freaking rotation. And he well, says he's got to find a rhythm. He better find a rhythm. <laughs> they don't have any other options. Yeah, and, and now we might have we might be stuck with a 30, soon to be 39-year-old who may have his worst season of all time. Yeah. And guess what? When that happens, guess what he's doing? He's opting in to next year. Yeah, I can't. That You're right. Me, come on. You're right. I can't worry about that. That's next year. I mean, yeah, listen, that's, <laughs> you know. That's an issue for next season, but that's next season. And, and the, the other thing about that game, that middle game of this series, and look, it's all on Max because Max got bombed. I mean, you go out, you pitch three and a third innings, you allow six runs, you got bombed. There's nothing much you could do. The Met bullpen actually did a fairly good job keeping it close. This Zach Muckenhern actually looked pretty good, and his reward was being sent down to the minor leagues. Jose Budo coming out of the bullpen as the 27th man was actually pretty good. The guy who stunk was John Curtis, who eventually got resent down to AAA. But we started to get a glimpse of the struggling offense because 
This offense has been very, very weird over this stretch of games. This stretch of games where the Mets have lost nine out of 11, I think it's at. They will have games in which they score seven runs, but they've also had over the last nine games, five of the nine, they've scored one run or zero runs. So it has really been an all or nothing offense. Now, not that five runs in the opener or something to write home about, but they did score nine runs against the Nationals. They needed every one of them when they won the finale of that three-game series. They did come back in the first game of the doubleheader against the Braves, end up scoring seven, uh, eight runs. They lost nine, eight. 